0: The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Dave-O. And it's another tough loss for the Royals, who were lucky, honestly, to even be in this game tonight as Cleveland leaves 10 men on base the first seven innings of this ballgame, but still holds on to defeat KC 4-3 and get one win closer to trying to clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which we found out last year, is a very handy thing as it's Devo, glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish. On Clubhouse Conversation, where we will look at the series finale tomorrow, but begin with our player of the game tonight. And that's Mr. Salvador Perez for the eighth time this year, our player of the game on Clubhouse Conversation. Salvi clubs his 21st home run of the season there in the ninth inning against Cody Allen. Salvi overall, two for four with a home run in this game. And that was the first of two. Great at bats to begin the ninth inning against Allen. Obviously, a home run to cut the four to two deficit down to four to three after that key run came in against Kevin McCarthy in the eighth inning on the Carlos Santana hit. Ended up being a huge run as the Royals get one but lose by one. But Perez leads off with the home run against Allen. And then Alex Gordon, how about a 10 pitch at bat? to draw the walk. Just a fantastic at-bat. So you've had a home run, and you have Gordon on base after a 10-pitch at-bat, and Ned does the correct thing and the obvious thing to go to Terrence Gore there to run in that situation, who's only been thrown out one time in his not professional, one time in his major league career, and that was last year in Game 4 at Houston when he overslid the bag. But unfortunately, Gore thrown out for the first time during the regular MLB season by Carlos Perez on a perfect throw. Guns him out. And then after that, you know what happened. Cuthbert and Escobar unable to get it done, although Cuthbert did hit a line drive to end the ball game. But, of course, right at the center fielder Rajai Davis. So the Royals drop this one 4-3. to three. And offensively, can you really be upset about the Royals scoring 3 in this game with the kind of pitching they faced tonight? And some serious arms. Corey Kluber moves to 18 and nine with a 3.11 ERA. A guy who obviously has won a Cy Young a couple years ago. And what went it this year? Probably going to go to Rick Porcello. Jay Happ also up there for the award. I guess Kluber could be a dark horse, but probably not going to go to him, but continues to have a a great season. The second half has been nails. And, of course, uh, the Royals brass, mainly Ned Yost and Dale Swain before the game, talking about how Kluber is the best pitcher stuff-wise and where he's at that the Royals have seen the entire second half of the season. That's quite the praise, and he showed it tonight with another great effort for the Tribe. Andrew Miller comes in, the reliever that they acquired from the Yankees. Before the deadline, Miller now at 1.54. Saw him again for the second time in as many nights. Brian Shaw, 309 ERA in the eighth. Cody Allen, 271 in the ninth. Point being, I don't mean to just rattle off stats here. Point being, the Royals played and faced some pretty damn good pitching tonight. So you can't be upset about scoring three in this game. Now, pitching wise, on the other side of things for the Royals, Ian Kennedy hit pretty hard tonight, but he did a nice job of limiting the damage kind of channeling his Jeremy Guthrie of years past, his Edinson Volquez of years past, when they would, you know, pull a Houdini to get out of act after act. Kennedy's line overall, five and two-thirds innings pitched, allowed just three runs, so not bad there, just about a quality start, one out short of that, but does give up 10 hits and two walks in less than six innings. So when you're giving up two base runners an inning, Obviously, that's not ideal. Kennedy did miss four bats on strike threes, four strikeouts overall for Kennedy. That's not good. I'm not saying that's good, but there were a couple key ones in there that helped him get out of jams. So really a gutty effort from Kennedy, just giving up three runs and five and two thirds. And he's had a a pretty nice season for the Royals overall. You're getting probably, in my mind, you're getting about 85% of what you were expecting out of Ian Kennedy in year one. I expected a few more innings out of Kennedy maybe, but, you know, otherwise the peripherals and stats line up pretty much what you would expect. It's not best case scenario this year, but it's kind of what you would have expected, maybe a few more innings out of Kennedy. But overall, I will take what he's done in year one with the Royals as he comes back next year and could opt out after the second year, not likely unless he channels his Corey Kluber and and goes ape next year and you know opts out of that deal. Most likely a five year deal for Ian Kennedy, and if he keeps pitches, you know, keeps pitching like this, the Royals will certainly be happy to have him the next four seasons. Now Matt Strom comes in and with the help of Kevin McCarthy escapes a jam of his own, wiggling out of a bases loaded jam to work a scoreless inning. One hit, one walk, and two Ks for Strom. Talking about McCarthy, a guy that, of course, much of Royals Nation, myself included, was surprised he was added to the 40 and called up in September. That sinker looks good, doesn't it? The secondary pitches, the slider, we heard him talk about here on an interview last season on clubhouseconversation.com. Click on current player interviews. Go back a few pages to find the interview with McCarthy if you want to learn all about him from last year. But looks good. He's impressed me. I like the way he throws. Very heavy secondary pitches. And of course, did leave one sinker up that was lined by Santana for that key fourth run we talked about at the top here. Scott Alexander comes in, does his job, comes back from 3 0 and strikes out Jason Kipnis, looking the only hitter he faced. The Royals do drop to 77 and 75 after this one. And at this point, with really from this point on, a pretty difficult schedule, you've got Cleveland. Detroit, Minnesota. Minnesota, you got to figure you can win that series. But it's going to be a dogfight to win the series at Detroit or at home against Cleveland. So the Royals at this point, you pretty much hope for what? 84 wins, realistically. You're at 77 and 75. If you can get to 84 and 78 with all the injuries you've had this year, that puts you, what, probably six games out of the wild card to end the season. You can live with that. I mean, you're not happy with it, but with the stretch the Royals have had now for four years in a row of being in it, until at least the second week of September, as the Royals obviously were in it even a little bit longer back in 2013 and this year, until realistically about the... 7th or 8th of September we're in it for this year. So you can't be upset with that when you've been to two World Series in that stretch and won one. And the Royals have a pretty good chance, by my estimation, of competing for the AL Central, getting back to the postseason. And once you get in the dance, you never know what happens next season as the Royals get one last go-round with all of these guys. I, I still think there'll be one or two trades made of, of core players this winter. Probably one of the relievers, either Davis or Herrera. And I'm still not going to be surprised if Kane is dealt, or perhaps one of the third basemen. But I, I do think We'll see a deal or two made that we aren't going to love because we don't want to say goodbye to any of these guys. But you know, after you're getting the farm system to get Cueto and Zobrist, and knowing that you're getting down to the last year of deals with these guys, the majority of them, you want to extend Danny Duffy. You got higher backloaded deals with Gordon and Kennedy on and on and on. You're still playing, you know, paying Infante for next year and Soria for a couple more years and Chris Young next year. If the Royals want to go out and make a move or two, you know, it may have to come through trade with a fairly weak free agent class. Over the winter. But that's a different talk for a different day, just kind of looking ahead towards that. Now, tomorrow, the finale in Cleveland as the Tribe try to sweep our Royals. Jason Vargas makes his second start of the season. Five days ago, gives up one run in three innings in his first start against the White Sox. Two hits in that game, threw 52 pitches. So I imagine you see Vargas up to about 65 in this start, and then his last start maybe pushing 75. Don't want to go too far with him. Probably trying to see four to five innings would be the goal out of Vargas tomorrow. And Cleveland throws a guy the Royals have yet to see, Mike Clevenger, right-hander, two and two at the four seven six. Clevenger's last time out, just like Vargas, was against the White Sox. Clevenger in that game went four innings, allowed one run on three hits, three Ks, and a walk, and he's trying to build back up. As the tribe have unfortunately had some injuries in their rotation, and he throws 85 pitches his last time out, so should be go should be good to go up to 100 for Clevenger. No Royal, if you're wondering, has ever seen him at the major league level, so no bats at the major league level against Clevenger. One other thing on my soapbox here: What is the deal with Cleveland getting 11,000, 13,000, 12,000 a night? You're going for home field advantage. You're going to win the division. They clinch that tonight against the Royals. How can you only be drawing 12,000 a night? I mean, do the Cavs have anything to do with that? I don't think so. I mean, what? Maybe you'd have 500 more people out there who aren't going because they got their championship thirst quenched by the Cavs. That's not what it is. I mean, they're, literally, they're probably 300 people, 500 people more might go out there. The Cavs not want it. Maybe they'd be more hungry for a championship. So that's that's a lame excuse. That's not what it is. This is a, a you know a franchise that sold out then at Jacobs Field back in the 90s, year after year after year after year for the entire season. It's like, where are the fans at? You're. I don't know. I don't get it. They all say you see a big spike the year after you have the real good season. But even the Royals, I mean, you go back to twenty fourteen and there was the the famous game, I think it was against maybe the twins, where the Royals won on a walk off and Ned Yost came in the postgame and criticized the fans. I wish there were more fans here than the fifteen thousand or so that would have seen this, you know, team that's heading towards the playoffs and blah, 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 and he was criticized so much. But the, the Tribe have like 5,000 less than that in a bigger market on a team that's going to win the division, not competing for a wild card. So kind of embarrassing for Cleveland. Not kind of, very embarrassing for Cleveland. But that's just me and my sub box. Don't really get that, but whatever. It's better for us. Less money for the Tribe, less attendance, less confidence in the front office to spend money, hopefully. It's good for the Royals, so whatever. Their losses are gained. Be back with you again on Clubhouse Conversation over the weekend. uh, Keep it here. I I did, by the way, uh, there's a guy that I've been trying to get for a former player interview for a couple of years from the late 70s, who's a famous home run hitter who had a cup of coffee with the Royals, had a long career in Japan, hit a lot of home runs. Can you guess who that is? You can feel free to send me a guess, Dave O at clubhouseconversation.com, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Just booked him for an interview today. So the off-season former player interviews will be firing up here pretty soon. And still I'm hoping to hunt down once I find the time here. It's been a crazy busy last few weeks for me. I apologize for only doing these every two or three days versus every day. But it's been crazy busy. Don't worry. It's not going anywhere. I'm dedicated to Clubhouse Conversation. Hoping to get a couple more current guys that I really want to get featured at some point here in the near future as well, in addition to starting the former player interviews over the winter here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night. Go Royals!